welcome to the Gut Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutchurch.com. As I said, very, very honored to speak, but this is different. I've been here a long time, and I've never done anything like this. Pastor Bill said, Romans 10, go. And it's like, oh, we're not going to change it up for the week you're gone. I, I can just do something else. No, no. I get to go through Romans 10, so I read it in about 122 different translations, and then uh, 56 different commentaries, and then, uh, and we're here. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but I'm um, very, very excited. I mean, it's so good. And Romans 10, if you're going to pick one, that's the one. Man, right in the middle of it is the heart of what we believe and who we are here at Guts Church. But we're not going to start there. We have to start at one, because that's how you do it when you're going through a chapter of the Bible. Okay, Romans 10, what I'm going to be reading at the New Living Translation like the cowboy hat swag. Uh, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it's misdirected zeal, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. Okay, so he's specifically speaking to the Israelites, but the reality is you can almost lump a few other people in here with this. Right? Like we think we know how to do, how to get right. So we cling to our way of what we think is what we should be doing to get us to where we should go. But the reality is God's already laid it out for us. God has a way. God has a method. Literally says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Like he, one of, one of his name, I am the way. God has a way of doing things. But I, I just think it's our human nature says, wait, but I'm, I, I think I've done that. I, th- I can figure this out. I can do it another way. Paul says Israel has a zeal for God, but he also sees that it is a zeal not according to knowledge. So he's trying to give them something. He's like, listen, I get it. You have a zeal, but you're not realizing really that the Messiah has come, but you're not realizing what God has brought you. And this is where so many people, even sincere Christians, go astray. They have plenty of zeal, but little knowledge. And I always think about the parable of the sower, right? There's one that grows up real fast. It says excited about everything, but has no root. Right, So I, I think we see this in people's lives where they get this zeal and this excitement for God, but they don't really begin to get, you know, learn God. Like I always just say, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Have you ever heard Pastor Bill say the kingdom of God is God's way of doing things? So man, when we get saved, what do we do? We seek first God's way of doing things. That's how we get transformed. That's how we begin to renew our mind. Is that okay? I got to do this first. So that zeal is awesome. I'm a fan. I love when people get saved and they're excited about it. But if they don't begin to now add some knowledge and wisdom and understanding to that, it becomes very, very difficult for them to go very far. Because let me just tell you, that zeal, part of it will wear off. I mean, they got to begin to know who God is in those seasons. People cannot come to Jesus without the right information about the gospel. But information alone is not enough to save anyone. There must be a submission to the righteousness of God, putting away our own righteousness. That's what the Israelites had to do. They had to put away what they'd known and been taught their whole lives. And they're having to learn, but they're clinging it says clinging to their old, they're stuck in this way. But how many of us, that, that same thing happens? We get saved, but there's something we're clinging to that we know we shouldn't, that we know it's holding us back. We know that it's keeping us from all that God has for us, but yet we still allow it. We still, we still, we still cling to it. Man, there's got to be a point where it's, okay, I'm completely submitted and surrendered to God's way of doing things. And I'm just going to break the news to you. It's the best way. Like what you're, what you think you're holding, what you think you're clinging onto is going to get you. It does not. It's only in God that you get it. But Israel couldn't see that. 
They were zealous. That's awesome. But they didn't see, man, there's a, there's a new way. Man, something new has happened. Again, we can't neglect the emphasis here on personal responsibility. All of Paul's teaching is right to choose does not diminish his man's responsibility. We have a responsibility in this, right? Like we have to take that step of saying, okay, I submit my life to you. God, I'm going to do things your way. That's a step, we, just, just like the Israelites had to do that. We, that's a step we have to take. No one else can make that decision for you. Man, there's so many people that I get to talk to. I'm like, ooh, if I could just make that decision for you, it would be so much easier. Your life would just, the trajectory, I could see it, and I don't know if you're going to make that decision. If you've been around people long enough, it's always easier to see them than it is sometimes your own stuff because you're in the middle of it. But from that, that point of view where you kind of get to see it all, you're like, it's like when you're watching a football game. You're like, how did he not see that open receiver? Oh, because five 300-pound guys were running at him at a four or five speed. That's why. And I'm like, but I saw it, right? Like, I'm right here on my couch. How could he not see it? But it's just because we have a different point of view, a different perspective. And so I always think that with so many people's lives, I can see something. But at the end of the day, it's our decision. It's our decision. It's my decision. I mean, I'm responsible for that. So I, I just I remember that. Keep that in mind. Okay, verse 4. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who, who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and it's in your heart. And that, and that message is the very message about faith that we preach. The law of Moses makes the path to righteousness through the law plain. If you want to live by the law, you want to find life through the law, you must do the law and do it completely and perfectly. No way. I'm out, right? But that, he's just saying, okay, listen, if you want to go that route, if you want to be made right by the law, you got to do it all out. you got to complete everything that it tells you to do. Once again, but God has made a better way. But some of us still do that. We're still trying to get right by making sure that we do everything exactly the way that it's going to look right. I'm obeying the law, and I've done it, and I washed my hands a certain way, and I did all these certain things, and that's what's going to make me right with God. That's not it anymore. That's not it anymore. Because if you want to go that route, it says everything. Everything. The Dakes Bible in Romans 10.6 says, Law righteousness demanded perfect obedience. Faith righteousness asks only confession of sin and surrender to God, who by the Holy Spirit sets free from the law of sin and death, transforms the nature and life, fulfills in, the, in man the righteousness of the law, and marks man righteous in Christ. Isn't that crazy? Like, he literally just says, listen, faith righteousness is just, all you got to do is confess your sins and surrender to God. But everybody else is trying to, no, 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 but, but Israel is saying, no, 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 we've had these traditions we have to do it this way. And they were waiting for a Messiah that had already come. He's here. He's come. He paid the price. Just like the prophet said, he's done it. He's fulfilled those things. But they were stuck. How many of us get stuck? It may not be that extreme, but how many of us get stuck in a tradition? We get stuck and it's not about faith anymore. It's about my works now. It's about, man, I got I to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Oh, I didn't do this. Man, God must not love me. God must not be proud of me. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. The righteousness of faith is based on Jesus, and we don't have to work to get Jesus. 
It's not as if we have to go up to heaven or go down in the abyss to gain Jesus. We simply believe and receive. Everybody say believe and receive. That's it. Believe and receive. That is hard. In our society, you're going to go earn it. The way we were raised, you go work, and that's how you get it. So then you come to this, and you're like, well, this don't make no sense. I've done some stuff. i got to work that stuff off, don't I? No, 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 that's not how it works. Because then it's about you. It was never intended to be about us. In Matthew 5, 16, the Bible says, let them see our good works and praise our Father in heaven. Even when we do the things right, it's not even about us then. It's about them praising God when they see our good works here on earth. I mean, it's talking about us being a city on a hill, the, the light of the world, and let them see your good works. And then why? To praise your Father in heaven. So they'll give glory to him. So they'll see what you've done and say, God's real. Jesus is real. I saw how he changed Sheldon's life. I saw how he changed Alfredo's life. I saw the work he's done in AJ. I've seen what he's done in Tyler Cole. He's real. God is real. Where they came from to where they are now, how? God, it's Jesus. Simply Jesus. The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. Instead of having to go to these great lengths to achieve righteousness by the law, we can immediately receive righteousness by faith, by trusting in the word. By trusting in the word. So when it says you're healed, you're healed. When it says you have more than enough, you have more than enough. When it says you tithe and he opens the windows of heaven over your life, when you tithe, he opens the windows of heaven over your life. We walk by faith now and not by sight. We speak those things that are not as though they are. It's different, y'all. It's not the same. You can't live the same way you did in the world or the way people that are still in the world are living. It doesn't work that way. You're part of a different kingdom now, right? You're part of a different group of people now. And man, there's a way of doing it here. And God's laid it out. And it's almost, I always just say, what's the catch? My life's going to be better. I'm set free from the sin that so easily entangled me. The stuff that has slowed me down my entire life has now been broken off my life. I have a freedom, a joy, a peace. What's the catch? Like, when do I get the bill, right? Like, the bill is coming, correct? Now it's been paid. What are you talking about? Who does that? They don't know me. They don't know what I've done. Why are they going to pay my bill? That doesn't make any sense. That's exactly how this works. And there's people out there that are lost, and they got to hear that. They're lost, and they're trying to figure out how to get back here because they're trying to earn it before they even come sit in this room. So you got to go out there and tell them that's not how it works. You just come to God. doesn't matter how you are, how messed up you are. You just come to him. You believe, and you receive, and it's done. In the Dakes about Romans 10, 8 says, The gospel is now plain and easy to obey. The doctrine of the death and resurrection of Christ is fully effective to save. It is near you. It is easy to be confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart if you want to be saved. It is the word of faith, and if acted upon, you shall be saved. It's there. It's laid out for you. Man, the work is finished. Okay, Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare or confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you ever worked in the nightmare tent, you said that a million times. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, and in the New King James says, for whoever. 
Pastor Bill texted me today, and he just wrote whoever in all caps. Whoever. And it just hit me. It hits me now. Whoever. Don't try and qualify it. Whoever. If they're lost, they're part of whoever. If they need Jesus, if they need saving, they're part of whoever. Whoever's a big deal. Most people don't want whoever. We do. Most people aren't looking to go find whoever we are. Because he said, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, rescued, set free. They will be, whoever. We do not gain God's righteousness by works. Instead, we gain it by confessing and believing in Jesus. Verse 10 is commonly referred to as initial salvation. But it extends to every aspect of the life of God for us. That that's, 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 that's how we walk now. That's how we live is that we confess and we believe. Man, you want, you want to see great things in your life? You better start speaking great things in your life. I had the, me, and Tara, me and Tara had the opportunity to speak to interns the last two weeks and taught a class on the power of your words. And if you, I mean, that's what comes out of me. I've learned I have to be careful what I say. I love to talk. Been doing it a long time. Got in trouble for it a lot as a kid. I'll never forget. One teacher said, you're such a great kid, but you don't know when to stop talking. Ah, sorry, you know. And then I, I, I didn't. I mean, I mean, I, I went to the principal's office for not, not doing anything other than not being quiet. Like, say, hey, we're taking a test. I'm like, I'm done. Can I start talking now? Like, I finished. I'm fast. Good job, Chano. No, stop talking. Right? So it's like, okay, but what, how am I using those words? Because let me just tell you, I was also quick-witted. And I enjoyed making jokes. And a lot of times at other people's expense. But other people would laugh. So that's not bad. That's not good. So you've had to, I have to train myself. We have to train ourselves that what comes out of our mouth has life or death involved. So if I have the, truth, the choice to speak life or death, because the way we get saved is by confessing with our mouth. We open our mouth and we believe in our heart. Half of the process is talking. Half of the process is opening your mouth. That's how much power is in this. That's how much power. God said, let there be light, and there was. He spoke it. He said the words, and then it was there. We are created in his image. You know that, right? Like, we are created like him. So what are we speaking into existence? Our generational curses, our struggles, the things we don't like about ourselves? Please don't. If you don't know what to say, just begin to study his word and find out what it says about you and say those things. You don't have to make it up. He has it in there. He wrote it out for you. He tells you. But what you do have to do is you have to confess it. You have to speak it. If there's something you're believing for in your marriage with your kids, begin to speak it. If it's a promise of God, it is yours. Let it come out of your mouth. But be careful not to... I, I think we slow the process down because then we speak things that are contrary to the promise of God. I, I've, I've said this a few times up here, but it just frustrates me when you hear somebody be like, oh, my kid's in the terrible twos. I don't want anything to do with terrible anything. So my kids don't get the option of being terrible twos. They're terrific twos, okay? I don't care how many diapers we have to change, we're done. We're done. We don't have any more kids. We have five and we have finished our race having kids, okay? But you hear that. Or, man, it's the season change. I get really sick when the season change. You have what you say. If you want to get sick when the seasons change, go ahead. Be my guest. I do not. I do not. 
So guess when I catch myself, if I get a sniffle in the Caesar chain, I'm like, nope. God, I thank you that I am healed. That by your stripes, God, I am healed. God, that I walk in perfect health because of the price that Jesus paid on my behalf. People are like, man, you just sneezed. I'm like, I know, but I know where my mind wants to go after that sneeze. It's changing seasons. Here it goes again, and I'm not going to take it. But a lot of us, we've just said it forever. I'm not good at that. Man, I just, I've always struggled with that. Everybody in my family has dealt with that. Well, do you want everybody after you to deal with it? Then stop it. Stop speaking that. Start speaking what you want them to deal with, how you want them to live. Confession. Our words, they hold power. Find out how to speak. Find out how to pray. I, I, I remember one time I asked somebody, I said, man, I've been saved like a year. I said, I want to know how to pray because you guys all are awesome at it, and I am average, right? Like, I'm like, thank you for food and the people with me, and that's it, God, amen. You know, like, I, did, I had no, I mean, I would just pray the most simplest prayers, and somebody gave me a book, and it was called Praying the Word of God. Changed my life. I was like, oh, we pray the things we read. Changed my life. Because when you hear Pastor Will pray, you'll be like, oh, I know that verse. I know that verse. Ooh, I love that verse. Oh, he's praying. And if you don't know, if you haven't read the Bible, you don't know. But if you've read it, you hear him praying, he's literally just praying the word of God. If you want to pray the will of God, you pray the word of God. So if you're wondering what's God's will, it's his word. So if you want to say, man, I don't know how to pray God's will over my life, just begin to pray God's word over your life. I just solved the mystery for you, okay? We took care of it all in one shot. What's God's will for me? It's his word. Begin to pray that over your life, and he will lead you and direct you, and it'll be so clear. The Bible says, we know his voice, and the voice of another we won't follow. He says that if we lack wisdom to ask, and he freely gives, so that's what's coming out of mouth. Not, hey, I don't get it. It's like, God, you said if I lack wisdom to ask, you freely give it. I want to know what it is. Got to help me figure this situation out, because we're going to come across stuff. But what comes out of our mouth when we come across that stuff? When that old temptation comes back, what are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? That was a total rant. I'm going to get back to Romans 10. Because that's what I've been asked to speak on. Um, confession, confess with your mouth. Confession has the idea of agreeing with. When we confess the Lord Jesus, we agree with what God said about Jesus and with what Jesus said about himself. It means we recognize that Jesus is God, that he's the Messiah, and that his work on the cross is the only way of salvation. That's why it's a big deal. We're coming in agreement with God and we're saying, you fulfilled what you said you were going to fulfill. We're confessing it and we're believing it in our heart that you raised him from the dead. That that's who, that Jesus was who he said he was. And I always just tell, I used to tell you kids all the time, when you're confessing Jesus as Lord, that word Lord is basically boss. You're saying you are now the boss. I've done this my way and this is where I've gotten. I'm going to do it your way and let's see where we can go. You know, he designed us. He created us. He knows how, he knows how we function best. He knows how to get the most out of us. He knows how to get us to where he wants us to go. But if we don't turn to him, we never figure it out. So we're confessing and saying, yes, it's your way. Yes, you're Lord. Yes, I want to do it how you've intended me to do it. Believe in your heart. Intellectual agreement with the facts of the cross and the resurrection is not enough. You must believe in your heart, and even that belief is not enough without accompanying action. Confess with your mouth. There's a lot in that. I mean, you're believing and you're confessing. Literally, there's a verse in the Bible that says the Bibles, uh, the demons believe and shriek. So that's how you know believing is not enough. They knew who Jesus was. They believed that he was the son of God. And it says they shrieked, but they weren't saved. But they believed. People are like, yeah, I believe in God. Man, that's part of it. 
you got a little more ways to go. If we're going to get you saved, we got to, there's a couple, there's, there's another step. But believing is a big deal, but it's not everything. And we have to make that confession with our mouth. For with the heart one believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. These two together, belief and confession, result in righteousness and salvation. We should not ignore how really simple this is. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, all caps, I can see it in my phone. I'm like, I don't know where you are right now, but I, I, you're, you're, he's saying, make sure you say that. Whoever. You're in here tonight, you may be whoever. You may go to work tomorrow, you may run into whoever. Whoever. Whoever calls upon, he just, he set it up for us. He simply laid it out for us. We want to complicate it because we're human. But that's what he did is he laid it out for us. Both Jew and Greek were quick to give some credit to national or ethnic origin. As if being saved were a matter of being born into the right family. But Paul makes it clear there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. It doesn't matter where you come from. It takes your ethnicity, your family, whatever out of it. That's what I love. No Jew or Greek. Listen. Whoever. Whomever. Right? Because you know that back in the day, I mean, and we still deal with it now. I mean, you have the whole race and, and, all, and all that. Well, who's, who's way and what? It's like, no, no, no. Man, here's what we have to do is what his word says. It's not your way. It's not your way. It's God's way. That's what we have to line up with. All who call upon him, again, we notice the emphasis on human responsibility. We have to call upon him. That's on me. I cannot call upon him on behalf of somebody else. As bad as I want to. Man, you need to get saved. You need Jesus. Even the way Pastor Bill does it, it's so incredible. Just repeat after me. They have to choose to repeat after you. They have to make that confession with their mouth. They have a responsibility. We cannot do it for them. We can bring them all the way here, but then the day they got, they got to raise their hand. They got to let it come out of their mouth. We have responsibility in this deal. God put that part of it on us. Verse 14. But how can they call on him to save him unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Just kind of, like for me, it's like, okay, it's breaking it down. Okay, there's, there's got to be, a, there's a process to it. How are they going to believe? Someone's got to go tell them. That's us. That's not Pastor Bill. That's us. We are the body of Christ. It is our job. If you're in this room and you hear and you know Jesus, it is your job to go tell people. To go tell people about how much God loves them and the price Jesus paid for them. Paul is letting us know that, if all, that, that it all goes back to the preaching of the gospel. Preachers must be sent both by God and the Christian community at large. And Pastor Will was saying that being sent is such a big deal. Man, that yeah, God sends us, but there's a group of believers that are going to send you also. I always think about that. Jesus always sent people out in twos. So Jesus was sending them, but even when he sent them, he still didn't send them alone. Because people have that zeal and that excitement. They want to go do something, but if they're not backed, it's going to fall apart. If they're going at it alone and there's no, no, no backing to it, it becomes very, very difficult. I always just say, Jesus rolled deep. Jesus had 12 guys with him wherever he was going. And then when he sent out more, he sent them out in groups. He didn't send anyone out alone. Even Paul. Guys would leave, he'd find somebody else to go with them. Right, John Mark, you're done, or Barnabas, you're done. I'm going to find somebody else to go with me. There was always somebody with them. The intent is never to go out alone and do this. 
But man, you got to go out and do this. You got to find a group of believers and say, hey, let's, let's reach people. That's what was so perfect about the nightmare for so many years here. Even the motorcycle rally. They just brought a different group of people on our campus. But now we have to go out. We got to go get them. That's our responsibility. How shall they hear without a preacher? God could have chosen any means for the message of salvation to come. But God's way of bringing people to Jesus Christ is through the preaching of the gospel by men and women. That's how he did it. Remember when we said God has a way of doing things? His way. He could have sent an angelic host. He could have wrote stuff in the sky. He could have done it however he wanted to. He's God. But he chose us. He chose men and women. Not just that. Men and women who, I mean, we've all made our mistakes. Sometimes it's hard for us to think, me? Man, you know who I used to be? You know what I used to do? You're telling me that God wants, yes, if you're saved, God wants you to be part of the process. He wants to use you. Verse 16, but not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ Jesus. New King James says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You being at church is a big deal. If nothing else, you're listening to God's word be preached. And the Bible says that's how faith comes. That's why I believe confession is such a big deal also. As you confess God's word, guess what? You're also hearing it. You're speaking it, and you're hearing it. And one of the commentaries talked about, you know, back then, a lot of people didn't read. So their only way was by hearing it. They didn't have the education. Wasn't, it wasn't like all of the first century society. They weren't all readers. There was normally just a chosen few. The rest of them, the only way they got the word was sitting and hearing somebody read it. And their faith was increased I can't imagine that. I love reading. I love getting in the Word and reading. I don't love reading everything. I love reading the Bible, okay? So, like, I'm not one of those guys like, oh, I love reading. I read in my spare time. Um, Yeah, it's not me. But I love reading the Word. Why? Because I know it's doing something in me. I know it's building me up. And you think back then, they couldn't read it. They had to, like, go and the synagogues, wherever they had to go, and they had to hear somebody else read it to them. But that's how our faith is increased, by hearing So you got to make sure it's coming out of your mouth and make sure you're getting to a place. We have second mile on Thursday nights. We have church on Wednesday nights. And even on Friday, come serve. We're we're giving a word to people there. And on Sundays at 9, 30, and 11, hearing the word of God. And throughout the week, you're speaking it and you're hearing it come out of your mouth. But I ask, uh, verse 18, but I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth. And the world's to all the world. But I asked, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through the people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. I will provoke you to jealousy. Uh, so, so here's what God is saying, is I will provoke you to jealousy. God told Israel that he would bring others close to him and make them jealous. Yet Israel still ignored the word. He's saying, listen, I'm going to go. There's other people that are about to get this out. Paul's about to get the word. You know, the, the word is about to get out, and still they ignore the word. Let's don't be those that ignore the word. If God's moving, let's move with him. And if God's leading us and guiding us, allow him to speak. Man, if there's areas of your life, you're like, but I've always done this. It may be time to stop. It may be holding you back for the next thing God has for you. Pastor Bill talked about it last week. God's doing a new thing. Some of you have been saved 30, 40, 50 years. 
God wants to do something new, something fresh. Be open to it. Be ready for it. Listen for it. And here's the last two verses. And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, all day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. Like you think about it, like I just think as I look as God as a father, could you imagine just all day being like, listen, I want you. And all day long they're just being disobedient and rebellious. But yet there was a people, and I'm included in that people, who God gave us that opportunity. We said, yes, God, I'm in. God, I'm into your way of doing it. Man, the price that was paid on my behalf, I don't, I don't, there's not a better deal on the planet. There's not a, I, I can't imagine life without God. And I can't imagine being like the Israelites saying, nope, nope, I'm good. I'm good right here. It almost feels like someone saying, I'm good, I'm stuck in my mess, but they don't know that they're stuck in a mess. Let's don't be those people. Let's say, okay, God, yes, man, I freely receive. I freely receive, God. I, I want to do this your way. These were my takeaways from Romans 10. This is where so many people, even sincere Christians, go astray. They have plenty of zeal, but little knowledge. Let us not be those who don't understand our faith. So whether that means you read it like I did in 122 translations and you find a couple commentaries, the greatest thing for us that we have is we have access to it all. Back then, they're pulling all these books out to read it. Man, we can begin to just look and to research some things. Man, if you don't have a Dakes Bible, get a Dakes Bible. Man, Pastor Bill talks about reading a New King James Version, New Living Translation. I love the Amplified. Man, finding it, making sure that I understand what I believe. When you hear something here, go home and study it. Go home and look it over and say, okay, this is who I want to be. Man, I heard this. Man, where do I find that? The righteousness of faith is based on Jesus, and we don't have to work to get Jesus. We do not gain God's righteousness by works. Instead, we gain it by confessing and believing in Jesus. That's it. You want to go by the law and do all the things the law said or confess and believe in Jesus? Or confess and believe in Jesus? When we confess the Lord Jesus, we agree with what God said about Jesus and with what Jesus said about himself. It's a big deal for it to come out of your mouth. As if being saved were a matter of being born into the right family, but Paul makes it clear there's no distinction between Jew and Greek for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. I dealt with this when I first got saved, but my family's not, like we're not church people. Like I didn't come from this. Like I don't understand it. Like, like we, we're not really the people who do this. And almost I began to disqualify myself because of the family or because of, of my ethnic, whatever it was, he don't look at it that way. That's not how God sees it. We're sons and daughters. We're sons and daughters. He's adopted us all in. We're all adopted in. That's how it works. God's way of bringing people to Jesus Christ is through the preaching of the gospel by men and women. It's by us. Stepping up and saying, I'm in. I submit to your way of doing that. And part of that is me going out and letting people know what you've done in my life and that he wants to do the same thing in their life. I'm going to have the band come back up here. And uh, we're going to go into this song. Before we do, um, I just want to pray with, with you. So let's pray real quick. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for every person in this room. God, that tonight we see it more clearly than ever, God, that we don't have to work to earn this thing. 
God, that you freely gave us salvation. God, you freely give us freedom. God, let us not get lost. Let us not say the things we've always said and get stuck in the same ruts we've always been stuck in. Let us move forward today, God, speaking your word, what you say about us. God, let us be those that speak life. Every circumstance, every situation. If you're in here tonight and your life's not right with God for whatever reason, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart. I want to pray with you. Maybe you're in here tonight and you did it, but you know you're not where you should be. You know you're not walking the way you should walk and living the way you should live. You just know you're not, man, I'm, I'm just not right with God. Right? I just, I know I'm not where I need to be with God. If that's you, I also want to pray for you. And maybe you're in here and you've been stuck trying to do it by works. And you've just been beating yourself up because you feel like you're not doing enough and you're not good enough. And you've got stuck in that routine of, I'm just trying to do this by works. And, I'm, and let me just tell you, it'll never be enough if you're trying to do it by works. But tonight you want to surrender to God's way of doing things. Tonight you want to say, I'm doing it your way, God. It's not works anymore. It's you. It's a price that was paid. So if your life's not right with God for whatever reason, or you've been just making it about works, and tonight you want to change that, I just want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you right here. Just raise your hand if that's you. God bless you. That's awesome. God bless you. That's awesome. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I just, I'm not where I need to be with God, and I want to change that tonight. God bless you. Because we're going to pray and then we're going to worship. And you're going to leave this place better than you came in. Man, there's already been a few hands come up. Anybody else? Just raise your hand right now. That's awesome. Some of you guys are way back there, so I'm really having to like look. All right, let's, let's all pray this prayer. Everybody say, Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I put all my trust in you. Forgive me for the wrong things I've done. And today, I choose to forgive those who have wronged me. I'm doing it your way, God. I surrender my life, every part of it, to you. Thank you for the price that Jesus paid. I love you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.